What is up, everyone? Today, I'm so excited to be joined by Tegwith, as you know, who is always with me for these recaps. Uh, Tegwith, where can we find you on TikTok? Because I know you're live streaming as well. I am live streaming. If you want to watch, it's uh, Survivor Simula underscore Simulation. Um, always happy to be here with you, Matthew. Excellent. Right there in our lower thirds as well, as you can see that uh, title right there. And we are also joined by a very special guest that I'm so excited to talk to. We have Doug. You may remember Doug from Survivor UK. If you watched that season, um, it just came out. We did a full review of the season on our channel and we interviewed the castaways there as well. Doug, I'm so excited to have you on today's show. I just, I have to ask, how familiar are you with the Australian version? Did you watch it before you auditioned for UK? Hello, so good to be here, by the way. This is so exciting. Uh, I am a huge fan of the podcast, so very honoured to be on again. Um, but yeah, I am somewhat familiar with Australian Survivor. I, I think I've watched every season, minus the very, very first two, which... Are they, are they counted? Are they counted, potentially? We're not talking about 2016, 2017, right? We're talking no, about before. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't um, count them. Okay, you don't count them. So I, I've watched everyone. Me and my partner have watched everyone. Um, and yeah, up to date with this. What 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 show? You know, even if you are a casual viewer, or you don't even if this is the first one you've ever seen, this is just great television. It's brilliant. It is. It's so good, and especially this week too. Oh, we got to get into it. Australia, like it, it becomes a full on movie and a big hello uh, to our members in the chat watching from South Africa. Thank you so much for joining. That is amazing. We do have our live chat open if you are on today's stream. So make sure you are participating in the conversation with us as well. And hello to Ian. Good to see you too. Doug, I think what is so cool about having you on for this particular week is that the castaways experienced a tribe swap and you yourself had experience with a tribe swap uh, like a semi tribe swap but you and pegleg shout out to pegleg got moved to the other tribe on your season so you were in the minority position when the swap sort of happened what do you think the, the what did you see the castaways do in australian survivor that you yourself also did on your season uh, you know it is there are a lot of similarities and it's it's amazing how much power you have being in that minority and and approaching people as these guns for hire, sell swords that can bolt onto an existing crack, widening that crack. And it, it puts yourself in such a good position if you if, if you play that correctly. I mean, that's what myself and Peg did very well, was put ourselves up as mercenaries. You know, we're two votes here. You can pick us up and we'll 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 widen this crack for you. We'll elevate you from the bottom to the top. And it just works so well in these three episodes. It's amazing to watch. And having done that myself, it's, it's fascinating. It's very fascinating. Was there anyone that you noticed this season sort of adopt that same strategy? Yeah, I mean, if we go to... I'm trying to think. I'll probably get confused with the Rebels and the Titans tribe because like everyone's kind of swapped over from one yeah. to the other. Yeah. But we have, we have the trio of Charles, Valeria, and Winner. We played that very well in episode seven where they just weren't in any conversation apart from who who can who can adopt these three votes going into and and kind of settle the battle between Kirby and Ferris. They had all the power there. It's amazing. On paper, you'd think these guys are completely screwed. 
couple of conversations and you identify these cracks. And they even admitted it in Tribal Council how they made it very clear that the rebels are completely divided and it puts them in the driver's seat. Incredible. Yeah, I think the thing with tribe swaps, <laughs> I just think it's like you are obviously sad when you're in the minority of a tribe swap, right? You like go over, you're not with your number one, for example. Um, v wasn't with Viola when she got voted out. Um, and so that was, that's all really difficult because it's almost like, you know, when you've made these bonds with people, it's almost, it, almost reminiscent of almost like a blood versus water kind of a thing where your friends are on this other tribe and you just you can't do anything about it. It's just like, they're over there and, and you're over here and you just have to kind of have to deal with whatever happens. But then in your own tribe, you do have all of these maneuvers that you can make if you do it properly, because very rarely like that. My big thing is I don't think you ever really want to go into the merge with like a lot of numbers, very obvious. <clears throat> and I kind of yep. feel the way it's about the swap because there are divisions, right? You're living on an island oh, with yeah. people all the time. There are going to be divisions. Like someone's going to annoy you. You're going to have all of this stuff. And so when you finally have the ability to be like, oh my God, these people have not been used yet. I might pull you into the, the realm. The people in the minority, actually the easy vote rarely happens. And it's so interesting to watch from a viewer's perspective because what, like you said, Doug, what on paper might be a bad thing ends up actually probably being a better thing for you in the long run. Obviously, not all the time, but it's it's a way for people to make a move. And I just love watching it as a viewer. Yeah. Yeah. It, it opens the doors. It opens the possibilities. And that's why I think we see so many... Um, really huge players. And I know what we're going to talk about the eliminations this week later when we get into that category, but we see huge players get taken out in the tribe swap. And to your point, Tegwith, I feel like I like, I would almost want to be in the minority on my new swap tribe, especially like as viewers, I think we can see, I mean, we definitely see the cracks in the tribe more than someone switching over from a tribe who's playing the game. But like, here's the thing. I feel like that is the biggest risk about being swapped into a minority group on a tribe is that you have to find the cracks and you only have a very select amount of time to find those cracks and exploit them in order to benefit your game. So I, I feel like with a cast like this, like it's not a bad thing to be in the less of the numbers, because as we saw, uh, the the minority had the upper hand for like two out of three of these votes, which was really interesting to see. Yeah, and I think I think because the first four votes pre-swap were huge votes and huge moves and feathers were ruffled. Divisions were already there. They weren't straightforward votes, so people were at each other's throats regardless before the yeah. swap. And if you come across a new tribe, even if you're a minority, but you're likable in the first instance, and you you spot these divisions and these sort of rivalries, it makes it makes your pathway a whole lot simpler. Absolutely. And I would also argue, Matt, Matthew, that I think maybe it was the minority, I think, had the the ability to kind of take over in all three of the votes. And it just went slightly wrong in the second. Right. Because yeah. that Caroline vote, just because Riri wrote down Mark's name, I'm pretty it would have been a tie. And then we would have I don't know what would have happened. But like if Mark hadn't been written down, maybe Caroline would have gone home. So you even see the agency there even after one vote and it you know could go into two and could go into more so it's it's very interesting interesting to see kind of how that those chips fell really and it was almost like an accident that sarah went home like it, i didn't even feel like intentional you know what i mean oh that was 
absolutely bonkers to watch. I mean, <laughs> I think that brings us into <laughs> I think that brings us into our like week three standouts. Again, this could be for like good and bad. I think I want to like start off with Rihanna because uh, Rihanna really confused me this week in terms of strategy. Whereas Sarah, I could sort of understand where the confusion was coming in. And we got to talk to Sarah this week uh, for our Castaway exit interviews. Make sure you go check that out. I think it was really enlightening. Um, But this was so confusing for me to watch. And I feel like Rihanna, I didn't see Rihanna take a lot of agency in her own game this week. And that's my biggest call out towards her. And another person that I thought actually had a much weaker week overall was Mark. I, I it was so, I think he was on such a a quest for revenge this week that it really sort of caused a big blind spot in his game. I think those are two very good. And here's the thing. When 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 we saw the votes being read at the tribal council where Sarah went out, she I mean, Rihanna looked like she was like, damn. Like it looked like she was like, oh man. And mm-hmm. and that's never a good thing to have obviously to have happened at tribal council um and it just yeah i just felt like there was a lot going on and then she just wasn't really able to kind of find her footing and like you said with i kind of agree with mark i also let me just say i love mark um uh but i also think like i if i were out there i'm pretty sure i would do what mark did let me just say like if somebody burned me i would be like i don't know and i think it was very interesting and very telling that the 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 middle-aged mafia felt so secure with Mark and they were like, yeah, no, he's, they're lying. He's fine. He's on our side. (laughs) And that was so interesting to kind of see that Mark was able to get them to think that. And then, and I also thought it was interesting. I love Caroline and I loved her this week and she's one of the standouts also. I think, you know, we didn't see much of her in the first week and I loved how she did so much um, this week. I thought it was super interesting, but I also will say in that, in episode nine, I was like, she was mad that Mark lied. And I did was sitting on my couch going, Caroline, you did the exact same thing to him like last week. But I get where I get where they're both coming from. And I was like, girl, you did the same thing. <laughs> so those are some I mean, of my side thoughts. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, that's where with and I'm curious to hear from your perspective, Doug, like with Mark in particular, to your point, Tegwit, that's how I was feeling about Mark. I was like, but you and Viola were about to pull the plug on Caroline. Like it was going to happen. So I thought that the reaction after it happened to him, like I was like, all right, we got to We got to think of a new plan here. And we have Ian in the chat who poses a very interesting question. Do you think it's better to flip if you're in the minority or stay strong with the people you came into the swap with? I actually have an answer for this. And I hope it makes sense in my opinion, but Doug, I definitely want to hear from you. I feel like if you're the first group to go to tribal after a swap, I feel like the majority, it might be better to stay as a majority because chances are, if you're in the majority on one tribe, you have other people from your original tribe who are in the minority of the other. And if you swap it around and take out one of your original tribe mates on your tribe using the swap as an excuse to if the other tribe loses an immunity challenge they may take revenge on someone who you were working with so that's my thought and theory about it but i'm curious to hear your perspectives as well yeah i mean just going back to 
to Mark, I guess. I, it's such a, I'm, I'm, a hu- I'm a huge Mark fan. I think he's been playing so well. And I think w- when I went into the game, um, I always thought if you let your emotions get the better of you, you you're, you're going to put yourself at risk and you might make a bad decision. Mm-hmm. And I think it happened with sort of Garrick um, in, the, in the last episode as well, where you get too emotional and you become clouded and kind of hell-bent on revenge. You, you just kind of stick it like a sore thumb. Um, and it, it was it was absolutely amazing watching the middle-aged mafia just sort of <laughs> forget the whole thing happened. And, he, and Mark just rolled back in. It just, it just shows how, how, how good of a player he is. But um, one of my kind of takeaways was I think Mark is now in a... He's quite a precarious position, but if he can recover from this, it just it adds to that CV. If he gets for a, for a, for a front of a jury, you know, it, it just sets yeah. up a, a really good story for him if he can get to that final, um, a potential game winning, um, you know, CV if, if he gets to that far because he's been playing from all all kind of aspects of the tribe, and it'll be really interesting to see if he gets on after this. Um, it's been it's been a tough few episodes for him, I think. I think this is where this is kind of a side note, but I think this is where the longer format really comes into play and you can see how it benefits people's games because in the American version, right? 26 days, these tribal councils are happening so quickly. They're happening like bing, bang, boom, you know, whereas in Australia, they have so much more time to kind of get over these things and move on. And it's not so fresh in their head. Now, mm. granted, we had a couple people who wanted revenge and wanted to get people out uh, in, in the, these last three episodes that we saw. But I do think that there is, you have more time to make up. So while I do think that Mark is in a precarious situation right now, I do think Caroline is a very smart and strategic player. And I think that she's not as motivated by revenge as maybe he was. Um, and I think that there is a way for Mark to kind of gain that ground that maybe he's lost back because there's more time. Now, had these tribal councils been like so closer together and they're not so spread out, I feel like it's a lot more difficult to gain that ground back. Uh, and so I just think there's more time to kind of forgive and forget in Australian Survivor than there is maybe in the new era of Survivor, um, which I mean, I don't know if this is accurate, but it's just kind of the way. I, I picture these like longer format, which is what I prefer because I think it's you have see more interesting dynamics come to play and it's not just kind of like a go, go, go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. I would I would absolutely agree with you, Tegwith there. Like I think it gives to your point, more time for people to experience the highs and lows of the game. And I I love a player who dominates from start to finish and ends up winning. Like that is a, an amazing story. But I also am such, I love the underdog and I love, you know, seeing people have their real journeys of just going all over the place in terms of their ranking in the pecking order on their tribes. So, I mean, it, I'm, I'm not mad that some of these players that we're talking about are having maybe a, a weaker week than they had last time. Um, if anything, it's just part of their character evolution of the game. Doug, remind me, how many days was UK? UK was 34 days. That's a great length. You know, um, we're at day 20 in Australian Survivor. How crazy is that? I know. Yeah, the, show, the, show, the show goes on for ages. I had that thought. I was like, if this was us we'd be six days away from the end yeah, yeah. 
crazy. That's insane. And in this that last episode, Garrick was saying, like, I've been wanting to get Kirby out for weeks. And my first yeah. my, my first thought was like, weeks, okay, Garrick. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, no, he actually means weeks. Literally. Like, they've been there for weeks. It's crazy. <laughs> what, was in, what was interesting about um the last episode was the immunity challenge that they did was the first immunity challenge that we did on UK Survivor, yes. which was barrel barrel hold. I think they, they kind of held it down um a sort of waist type. I think we were kind of up ahead of us. But it was the same sort of weight, it was 25 kilograms. And I think we lasted just over an hour. And, th- and these guys are 20 days in, haven't eaten in nearly three weeks. And I think they got to about an hour. So there are strong guys out there, you know, they're, they're, they're a strong bunch of competitors and they are desperate to, to not go to tribal council. They're, they're beasts, all of them. It totally. was incredible to watch. I'm not going to Yeah, lie. it was a good one. Valeria was in there how long and she was holding up half of her body weight. Like, <laughs> incredible. Like, truly, everyone out there is so, so strong. It's incredible. And Charles with the two barrels and, and the other tribe cheering for him. I Charles? loved it. Tag with, I thought of you. I was like, oh, I was screaming. <laughs> Charles is my winner pick. I'm obsessed with Charles. Nice. I love him so much. And the fact yeah. that Charles was like, did you notice that at the end of the challenge, he was holding them longer than everyone else? He was like, I can't yeah. I, it wasn't me. I'm still up here. Yeah. And everyone else is He's like, I can do another couple minutes if you want me to. That's right. Like, Charles, I love you, man. You are. Take with, I've, I've listened to you in this podcast, and I remember you saying um, you want all the Titans to win, and I'm totally with you. you know, I, I love that Titans tribe. I think they're all just so great. If there's some way we can get them all to win, then yeah, we'll, we'll figure that one out. Let's figure it out. Let's yeah. we'll get together after this. We'll figure it out. <laughs> it's so funny because they are te- like if you were looking at Titans and Rebels, they are technically like what would be on paper what you would consider the more dominant tribe. But they're like it, it's just like it's they're so fun. I like their personality so much. We have some of our viewers in the chat. As for their cast standouts, we have one for Caroline being the standout for this week. We also have a shout out for Jaden, which Nathan, I agree. I really like Jaden a lot. And I, his laugh is so contagious. I love it. Um, and we have Amy. Hey, Amy, good to see you. Um, Yep, we love, Doug, that you are a fan <laughs> oh, of you, Australian Amy. version. <laughs> uh, you and Chris were Amy's favorites in UK. Oh, good stuff. Thanks, Amy. Love that. Um, I think we need to, tag with you sort of brought it up already, but the theme of revenge. There was yeah. a lot of revenge that happened, and I think a lot of it was inspired a lot of it was inspired by actions that happened this week, but I think the one that really stands out as sort of like ever building was sparked the very first vote that the rebels ever did, which was Kirby, who knew where the votes were landing, but decided to vote in a different direction just to sort of keep herself concealed. But it ended up really rubbing Garrick and Ferris the wrong way and started this rivalry, especially between Ferris and Kirby. So... I mean, this was interesting. I think we're also sort of sort of getting into our rivalries section as well here. But this was fun to watch. I like that there was a Titan versus a Titan in Caroline and Mark, and then a Rebel versus a Rebel with Ferris and Kirby. Yeah, I that so it's very intriguing to me because one, one of my one of I don't have very few like negatives about Australian Survivor, but it's that the ads are always very like. Like, who's going to dominate? Like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay. So part of me is like, that's not going to happen if, like, they keep, they always, like, say it's going to happen, whatever. Um, So I was always like, ah, uh, are these actual rivalries? But I love that 
they, it just seems like they're all obsessed with the other person. Like they can't help but thinking about the other person. And it brings, it brings me to that, the Titans or the new Titans tribe with the, all of the rebels on there. Um, and Eileen was just like, guys, can we just please, please. She was really the like person who was like level-headed and was like, guys, can we just need to get it together. And then all that needed to happen was one person said something to one of the person for it to like disintegrate into getting Garrick out. And so it's just so interesting to see how this happens because when these longstanding rivalries um, based off of, you know, revenge or whatever are there for such a long time, it does not take a lot to spark that. Like it's just one small little thing to ignite it all into, you know, something else big happening. And I was kind of shocked that it ended up being Garrick. I'm not going to lie. I'm shocked that it wasn't going to be one of the, one of the two big names and it ended up being somebody who, um, I don't know. I just didn't see that coming. So I was very shocked. Uh, but I just love that. It's just like not a lot to instigate when these rivalries have been going on for such a long time. It's so interesting, like to watch, you know, oh. and just to take in. That's what I find with Australian Survivor, that they know how to put two players against each other in the edit so well. I mean, like, I'm thinking about, like, George and Simon. That was amazing. And that, or, like, David and Sean from Champions vs. Contenders 2. Like, it, it, there is always such a great rivalry that really grounds the season. And I totally agree with you. The, like, who's going to be the victor? Like... <laughs> Kirby or Ferris? I'm like, all right. All right. We know. Like, <laughs> it's probably, it's, we were excited to see it, too. I actually got spoiled on the Garrick vote out. But I still, it was okay. Listen, you know what? Viewing from the U.S., I am aware it airs in Australia. It, the time difference makes it really, really difficult to be able to sort of stay on top of things. I, I know my place as someone uh, who is uh, watching from the U.S. I'm just happy that I get to watch because yeah. I love it so much. But even seeing, even knowing what was going to happen, there, I was still like, wait, is it? Is it really? Like, was I, was I spoofed? Like, what is going on? <laughs> because ugh, the buildup to it was so amazing and so incredible. When, when we, we talk about revenge, I feel like with Garrick in particular, oh, he was such a good character to have on the season. I'm curious if any of you, I don't want to say anything too much, but if you had questions you would ask Garrick, I'm curious what they would be, if you can put them in the chat. But I really think that I loved his confessionals so much. I just imagine that he was so fed up with the producer that was asking him the questions, like just in a fun way too, right? Like I, he, he went in and I loved it. You know, Garrick just, he reminded me so much of Peg Like it's, It was ridiculous in my season. <laughs> um, I, I, like even as soon as I saw him, like, you know, Garrick kind of a strong older guy, like can definitely hold his own. And I was like, yeah, that is that is peg leg to to an absolute T. But the the rivalry of of Kirby and Ferris is, is fascinating. These are two behemoth survivor players battling head to head. And you know, the gag vote it didn't didn't surprise me too much. I mean, I think there is a, a realm of possibility where Kirby and Ferris could work together potentially in a marriage tribe. I would never see Garrick working with Kirby ever in a, in a month of Sundays, you know. Um, so that collateral damage, I think, was was, was probably foreseeable potentially. Um, and Elin even called it a tribal council. He said, "Play the play the idol for Garrick." Um, 
she, she, she's playing 4D chess, in my opinion. She, she's an amazing strategic player. Oh, yeah. Um, no one seems to listen to her, though, which is uh, quite baffling. Poor that, Aileen. Is it Aileen or Eileen? Eileen, I think. Eileen, Eileen, sorry, yeah. Eileen. Yeah, Eileen. but she, she's 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 way ahead of the curve um, on a lot of a lot of things in this season for sure. Yeah, she, um, she's another cast standout for me, definitely. Yeah. And to your point, Doug, I want to actually. I think we should talk about this because you're right. My thing with Eileen is amazing reads, knows yep. what's up, has great plans, but like the the one piece that's missing from her game is the uh, it seems like the ability to get people on the same page yeah, um, that's right. that that's what seems to be lacking and i'm like i just want to be like everyone please listen to eileen please if, if you're working with eileen please listen to eileen i think she's 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 done a lot of work and a lot of research coming into this season i think she's a, a super fan and yeah worked hard and watched probably every season under the sun um come into this season of australia survivor but just not got that sort of presence. I think she said in the first few episodes, there's a lot of big personalities in that Rebels tribe, and it is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully, this this could be the spark that you know people might step up and say, yeah, we probably should listen to listen to her going forward because she's been ha she's been right most of the time. Yeah, she's her reads are. I mean, she's. In, I think she's really incredible to watch because I just I I feel like we've all been in that situation, like in a group project in school, where you're just like, guys, if we all just do this one thing. It'll it'll happen. We'll we'll be on the same page. We can move forward. And then everyone's like, no, I've got to do this and I've got to do this. And you end up getting a C on the project because you didn't listen to the one person. Like I feel like Eileen is the one who's just like, if we just do this, if we just keep moving forward, we'll we'll get there. And I think it's the also the interesting thing about Australian Survivor is the editing is so different because like I think in this last episode is one of the first times we'd really heard from Charles in a while. We yeah. hadn't really heard from Eileen that much. Um, we didn't hear. Like, I don't think we got a single confessional from Scott until episode, like, five, five yeah. or something like that. Um, and so it's always really interesting because all of a sudden you'll be hearing for somebody from somebody that you haven't heard from in a while. And, and you're like, oh, right. Like, they're here to play, too. And they're playing it really well. And so I love when we're able to kind of get that more information because you're right, Doug. Like, she did say that she, a lot of these people have really big personalities, like, I mean, you got to give airtime to Kelly. You get, you have to. It's yeah. Kelly, um, you know. So it's it's nice when we can hear from people who like are are with some like really have some really good strategy and all that good stuff. Yeah, totally. And uh, I want to show. Um, we have some comparisons uh, in the chat. I'm curious to hear your thought about this one, Doug. Uh, Kirby has the magic social game everyone wants to work with, just like Tanuke. Yeah. What, after seeing Kirby's game, what do you think about this? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Tanuke was a seriously great Survivor player. Had a lot of people wrapped around their finger and, um, you know, socially got on with a lot of people. Um, Kirby is also a brilliant challenge player. You know, I think, I think her and Viola, who... Is also very physical. I think Kirby's beaten her two or three times. So um, yeah, a lot of similarities there for sure. No, I, I totally agree with that. We also have Amy in the chat who says Garrick was also good yeah. at picking up cues and observing. Absolutely. I what wh what's his profession again? He, he's he's like loss prevention officer. Loss prevention officer. Uh, like uh, obviously, this means like really great with surroundings. So like. This was good. I, I do wish that we could see Garrick is someone that I would want to come back and play a second time 
without question. Yeah. Like, absolutely. 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 I think he, I also want to say on the, on the Garrick point is I think that he, you know, got in tight with somebody early on, which I think is, uh, especially with these longer seasons, I think is kind of important. That's one of the things that I feel like Eileen, we haven't really seen a ton of where she doesn't like, I feel like if she had, and maybe she does and we just haven't seen it. I feel like if she had like a number one that she's like, that, that is their like duo. I feel like people would like, if there was a, it was almost like a microphone where there was like two people saying this thing that Eileen was saying, I feel like because she's not, or from what we've seen, not like super close to somebody or like super tight in one specific alliance. I feel like it's not, people aren't picking up the cues as much maybe um, because I, you know, Garrett got into the, into that alliance really quickly. Um, but he also is a great personality, great reads and great physical. And so I feel like he's definitely somebody um, I'm sad that is no longer there, but um, I really hope that we can see him again at some point. And, and, and just knowing like that um, Eileen and Garrick, both of them having great reads at that tribal council where Garrick ended up going home. I was like, Ferris, listen to them. <laughs> like I was, you know, whether you're rooting for them or not, the, the idea is like, no, this is your, you're about to lose your number, listen to them and play the idol. But I think, you know, and we can get into that and sort of like the fear when it comes to like idols are, they carry a lot of weight. It feels, you know, it seems like, so I can sort of understand, but when going back to Eileen, I felt so bad that it seemed like she was working with Garrick and Ferris, but I just wanted them to listen to her more. It was also interesting. Did you either of you two feel like you missed something when it came to this tribe, these tribe dynamics? It was like when Kelly came back, she had her mission and uh, she went to the Titans and she did her thing. And then she got back to Rebels Camp. It was interesting that all of a sudden there were like very, um, there were lines drawn in the sand so intensely. It was like Kirby was like, Sorry, Kelly was starting to do a plan with Kirby and Eileen and Kirby was like, hey, just so you know, like we don't we don't work together anymore. And I yeah. wonder how much we missed of their conversations because it was supposed to be Kirby versus Ferris at that vote out. And then that didn't happen. So I wonder how it all kind of got blown up. Yeah, that's I was thinking the exact same thing. I think Raymond was involved with that as well, where mm -hmm. he was so supposed to be on one side and then got, I, I, you know, I was struggling to piece together what rebels are on what side of the, that battle. Um, I'm still trying to work out in my head, to be honest. I, I can't quite put my head around it, but there was something that I thought was missing there and where those lines were drawn in the sand. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, Matthew. And it was also so weird to me. You don't really see people saying that so openly, right? Yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Kirby was saying it right next to Eileen. Like Eileen was in the conversation and uh, Kelly was say, like talking to her and Kirby was like, no, we don't, we don't talk to her anymore. We also don't <laughs> talk to him. We don't do this and we don't do that. And I was like, Am, is this edit? Like, and, but we saw her mouth moving. Like it was like not an edit. It, like we yeah. saw it. And I feel like that's not something we see in Survivor that often, which is like so overtly talking about like, here are the alliances don't talk to this person and don't talk to this person. It was wild kind of, but like also really fun. Yeah. it was. Gabe says it was something that Tony and Kagayan would do. Um, he would, he would totally do that. That's so <laughs> funny. You know, and I, I, I'm all for like being out and open with strategy and whatever, like it's a game. Everyone knows. Um, 
it, I was just like, what did I miss? So Doug, I'm glad we had, I, I'm glad we all had like a similar feeling of like, where was the conversation? I wish that they had, if they have the footage, I wish that they would like release an extended scene of what happened after tribal council. I would love it. But why don't we take a very quick break to learn about AT designs. And then when we come back, we have another rivalry to talk about in the form of Caroline and Mark. Hi, Survivor Now podcast listeners. I am Katie from KT Designs, better known as Katie Tedesco Art on both Instagram and Etsy. I have been designing and selling Survivor products for over seven years at my Etsy shop, including replicas like hidden immunity idols and Survivor trading cards with all of the players' stats on the back. I am so grateful for Survivor Now for giving me this shout out and helping me reach even more super fans. I love listening to their podcast. So if you are looking for some really unique reality TV products for yourself or to give a super fan in your life, come check out my Etsy shop at www.etsy.com slash shop slash katietedescoart.com. Right. And I want to show this comment from Gabe as well. Just happy getting to watch the international seasons of Survivor. I'm with you, Gabe. I'm with you. Absolutely. Um, Okay. So we already started talking a little bit about Caroline and Mark. But what this led to was so much, so much at their tribe. Originally at the tribe swap, it was like, oh, the middle-aged mafia, they're all still together. That's amazing. Oh, and they have Viola, like amazing, great. Like Mark is set. But oh boy, was it so sad to say goodbye to Viola at this tribal. And this is where, when I talked about Mark earlier today as a cast standout, in an unfortunate way, this week. I was so curious to hear from, we also chatted to Viola in our exit interview. So go check out that as well. Like I was so curious about how much conversation they were actually having because it, it, I want, I wanted to get a sense for how much Caroline was actually listening in or actually sort of like seeing their conversations play out. And were, I mean, were they being obvious about the fact that they were about to, clearly they were, that they were about to possibly flip. So it was interesting to see the conversation between Viola and Mark play out where they decided against flipping against the original Titans, but then the rest of the middle age mafia had a different version in mind. It was exciting. Yeah, it was so exciting. It was a, a classic case of get, go, or get, go, go, get, go, get, or get, go, I think, you know, <laughs> That's how it is. Um, what an amazing episode and, and, well, kudos to Caroline. That was a brilliant survivor move, hundred um, percent. You know, I, I just I think what what I took from it was um, I remember there was a weird conversation between Eden and Jaden, where Eden tried to pull Jaden in, and he told him about voting for V, and Jaden was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I back you, bro." So I think that just kind of shows how. How much influence Eden has on these original Titans? I, I think Eden's probably in one of the stronger positions in the game at the moment. Um, I think he has a lot of influence over the, the entire Titans tribe, and I, I don't think he'd be targeted anytime soon. But um, it was so sad to see Viola go. I think she was such a great character. And like Garrick, um, I would definitely want to see her back playing again, 100%. Just a great, great character in Survivor. 
Oh yeah, I, I bring bring Viola back like as soon as possible. I love her so much, and this was a very this was one that I also was uh, um, spoiled for because I wasn't able to watch it right away. And I went, "How in the world did that happen? Like what?" And I and it was I was so shocked that it happened. And here's an interesting thing, Doug. I think you probably would have a good um, uh, idea on this one because um, you played. But how is that a good strategy, Caroline? Strategy of getting out somebody that you think somebody else is closer to? Like, is that a good alliance? Yeah. Like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not whatever, but it's just like, you know, is that the way to do it? Because, you know, we've seen it in other iterations, like, you know, where it's actually worked and the person kind of cozied up to the person that it ended up working, but obviously it didn't work here. Uh, so it's a very tricky kind of situation. And I would love to get your thoughts on, on, on that move by Caroline and the middle-aged mafia that they just assumed that Mark would be like, yeah, okay, I'm back. I guess I'm back over here. <laughs> it's so interesting, right? It's like they, they got rid of V to kind of bring back Mark back in, which, you know, on paper, it sounds it, it, it kind of makes sense, but it kind of doesn't because would you not expect some sort of backlash for this? They might have not. They might have not potentially. They might have underestimated how close they were, or if maybe V was digging her claws into Mark potentially. Mm -hmm. But that was a genuine relationship. That was a genuine friendship that they might have underestimated. They might have thought that they got in before that true friendship formed. But they they split up a genuine friendship there. And I, I don't think they expected the backlash. I don't think they would have expected Mark, clearly didn't expect the Mark to, to come back and try and blindside them for sure. Mm. But it was, I mean, to eliminate a threat out of the game, then kudos to them, well played, you know. And this is so different from um, the season I played last year where, you know, if you were good at challenges, if you were physical, then you, were, you bought yourself more time in the game. You know, challenge strength was a huge thing in Survivor UK. But since the first vote with Frankie going out, that doesn't seem to be the case at all. It's fascinating to watch. If you can't hide behind being physical anymore, it doesn't work in this in this season, in this iteration of the Chilean Survivor. They they are playing. <laughs> oh, they're playing. They're playing all right. I I will say with this is the fact that we did see like video evidence that. Uh, Viola and Mark were chatting about when the right time to target the middle-aged mafia would be, in particular, Caroline. So it's it was kind of it, it was reminiscent of the Shawnee vote out uh, during Heroes versus Villains to me, where there was a conversation between yeah. Shawnee and Liz, where they were like, "I guess we have to wait one more week to target George, only for George to target them that week." So that's what I my mind where my mind was sort of going. But I will say, I don't think the middle-aged mafia took into account that Mark's actual number one alliance was Val and V. And so I feel like if Val and V were more of Mark's secondary alliance, then maybe their idea would make sense. Like maybe at that point, it would be like, okay, I'll just come back to all of you because the four, the three of you is who I was with anyway. But because he had that, again, that huge friendship and he made it very clear to Viola, like you and Val are my number ones. He found the idol with them. So like, I, I think it was a really good move to do. However, the alternate that I was thinking about, I don't know why they did. Okay. I do know why I just kind of answered my question. 
but I think they they would have benefited more or they would they would have had less risk of being blindsided when uh, Sarah ended up going home if they took Mark out now. Because I think they could have replaced Mark with Jaden, who seems to already sort of be a number for them. Um, feel free to disagree with me in the chat, but uh, that that's what I sort of saw. And I keep I always wonder the strategy, Ted, with to your point, like if you want to weaken someone, why not just vote them out of the game? Yeah, I mean that's a good point. You know, just sort of like finish the job, I guess. You know, no no loose ends. Um, yeah, because I guess Jaden Jaden and he didn't seem very close, and Jaden's Jaden's on he's on his holiday. To be honest, he'll 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 vote whatever you tell him. You know, he's one of those guys. What a great character. Um, so much. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's I don't think he's done much strategically to be honest, far from follow orders, which is great. But um, he could definitely sign in that hole, certainly, Matthew. Yeah, I, I do. It's, it's one of those things where I feel like the reason why they didn't go for Mark is because, you know, Eden, number one, that's I'm, I'm correct sure. me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Eden in his mind, Mark is Eden's number one. And so I don't know that Mark or it, Eden would want Mark to leave because then that's somebody who Eden feels very close to out of the game, even and and where he's maybe not so close to Viola. Um uh, well, obviously not. He voted her out, but um, <laughs> but so I do think that that played a part into it, and I and I really think that it's you know it's a very tricky situation because you know when you blindside somebody, you never know how they're going to take it. Like for example, we go back to that vote where Kirby and Rihanna voted uh, split the vote with the and, and kind of blindsided. Um, Garrick and Ferris, right? You never know how they're going to take it. When they, when Kirby did that in, in that episode, I was like, I don't know that you're going to want to blindside your alliance like this because how can your alliance, you know, trust you in the future if you're not willing to get your hands mm -hmm. dirty as well? Um, and so it's one of those things where it's just like you never really know if you are working with somebody and you're trusting them and you want to continue to work with them and continue for for them to ha like trust you, you you it's all, it's a huge huge risk to do this um, because you just never know how they're going to take it. And I do think it's better to do it in a game such as Australian Survivor or you know even UK Survivor where it's a longer game versus American Survivor where it's twenty six days where I just don't think people have enough time to get over it. And the one thing I really want to add to this is I really wish Doug had had maybe taken that taken a step back and been like you know what my goal here is revenge and do kind of like a jeremy where when um when uh uh or not natalie sorry natalie when san wanda in san wanda sir where you know her sister gets voted out first and she wants to kind of avenge and just like plays the really long game and doesn't obviously she wasn't on a different tribe but like doesn't go for that revenge right away and the revenge ultimately is you know she won. So, um, you know, you get my twin out, I'm going to win the whole season. Um, you know, and, and I really wish Mark would have been able to be like, you know what, you got out my number one. That's crazy. Uh, I'm going to get revenge, but it's going to happen yeah. in 20 days. It's going to happen in 15 days. Um, where yeah. he's kind of like, or, you know, better, much better with Liz, like Liz's, you get Shawnee out, Liz, you know, it's like, yeah, okay. You get Shawnee out. Fine. I'm going to win the whole dang thing. Okay. Um, so I really wish that that would have happened. But I, like I said in the beginning, I am very interested how he's going to gain, if he's going to gain back any of that trust or anything. You know, Caroline says he's got big things. She's got big things for Mark. Um, 
but it, it's just a very wind wind do the revenge. I think is a very interesting thing in Survivor because you know you might be able to forgive, but you might not be able to forget. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. And Gabe says Mark should have waited for revenge. I kind of agree, Gabe. I do. I'm curious to see. Um, uh, there were errors. There were a lot of errors uh, in these past couple of episodes that I felt with Mark. Um, uh, Tag with you just inspired uh, a thought that quickly went from my brain. But um, I, oh, it was that they got Shawnee out twice. And Liz was like, oh, yes, I'm just going to go ahead and win sure. the game now. <laughs> it was like, yeah. uh, that was, I did not like that jury removal. Um, and uh, we have to talk a little bit more about like Caroline's, they're really making her out to be like the villain of like, I, I don't want to say the villain of the season, but it's so fun. Like it is a fun villain edit that I feel that they are giving her. It's like um, with the the music cues, with the eye movements. I love that it sort of became this thing between like the midwife versus the diplomat. Like it's just, where else do you get th these clashes of worlds? Survivor. Yeah. No place else. No place else. It's, it's very Vegas. I think we also really need to talk about Mark's revenge plan since we're on the topic, because it leads to Sarah being voted out. And I, we got to dissect this, okay? Because this was, again, we we talk, we spoke to Sarah, and I actually found it very enlightening in terms of where her thought process was, okay? But we have um, Mark and the middle-aged mafia. He gets them. He's successful. He gets them to consider splitting the votes on Sarah and Ray. And 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 then he goes to Sarah and Ray and says, let's do Kitty. Do you think, I want to stop here real quick. Do you think he should have told them they're splitting the votes on you at this point? Went to the, to the middle, to the, went back to his original mafia. To uh, Ray and to Sarah. Because they didn't find out about yeah. the vote split until much later from Alex. Yeah, it went round and out. It was a crazy merry-go-round of plans, oh, and I, I honestly, I lost, I lost control of what was happening in that vote. To be honest, Matthew, I'm, I'm relying on you guys to let me know <laughs> what happened at the end. No, Doug, exactly me too. Because at one point it was like I, I was, and I, I was so focused on that episode, and I was just like, "What is happening yeah. right now? Whose names is is everybody's name out there right now?" Because I felt at one point we had heard yeah. like every single person's name. I felt like it would that episode was like the closest a viewer could get to like playing Survivor because when you go oh, on Survivor, yeah. you know, everyone says that you hear oh, everyone's yeah. name. And in that episode, I was like, I'm pretty sure I just heard every single person's name. I have no idea what's going on. I'm so confused. Um, it was a crazy episode. And I do like to your question, Matthew, I don't know. The problem is, is, is sometimes if you're if you're trusting someone that you haven't worked with before for the first time, mm -hmm. you don't know what they're going to do with that information, right? Like you've seen, like we've seen people, you know, you tell somebody something and then they go run off and tell somebody else and, and they do it every single time. Like we saw it a lot in season 45 of Survivor where they're like, don't tell anybody. And then cut to like 10 minutes later, they tell everybody. Uh, and and so it's like you, you don't know. I don't know what the right thing Mark to do could have done in that situation is maybe it would have been to tell because he didn't know how they would, you know, how uh, the middle-aged mafia would take it if, if the actual plan got out. Right. Turns out 
that they believed Mark no matter what. So it, it, he probably could have said it. But I feel like if the actual plan, if they came like in that moment, maybe they were like, oh, wait, Mark is actually spilling our trade secrets. Like Mark is actually doing that. So it maybe could have come back to bite Mark. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas just saying like, oh, we're voting this is is different. If it comes back, then it's not the actual plan. Um, but yeah, I know, Doug, I'm the exact same way. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what happened. Like I, all of a sudden I saw a Mark name and I was like, what, how did that happen? Like, it was crazy. Yeah. Well, Mark volunteered himself. Right. So Mark was like, okay, so we're going to split the votes on Ree and Sarah, but we're going to tell them you're all voting for me. Right. I betrayed yeah. you last week. So you're going to tell them that, um, you're, you're voting for me or sorry, you blindsided me. I'm on the bottom. And then he goes to Ree and Sarah and Alex and is like, we're going to vote out Kitty. But here's what Sarah let us know during our interview was that Sarah did not trust Mark, obviously, because he wrote her name down at the last tribal. She really did not trust Alex, which I I didn't know. That was a really surprising fact to me. She did not trust Alex. Um, and it didn't play that way in the episode. So she really, really wanted to align with Kitty and with Caroline, she the uh, the three of them and Ree were supposed to have this group of four, and she was really hopeful that that is what was going to end up happening. So obviously, when she hears this plan, I feel like that's what sort of caused them to run back to Kitty to say like, "Hey, Mark's coming after you." But it was also interesting to me that Kitty didn't believe them in that moment too. Yeah. So that was really fun, <laughs> but it was also odd. Sorry, I keep going. It was also odd to me that Ree and Sarah chose to do that because they already thought that they were going to be voting Mark out anyway. So if they really trusted Kitty and Caroline, I'm not sure why that information would have to get back to them in the first place. But it was it was it was it was wild. Who did who did Sarah vote for in the end of that tribal? Caroline. 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 She went right. for it. Right. <laughs> it was Alex, I, Alex, Sarah, and Mark voted for Caroline. Yeah, right. Voted for Mark, and then everyone else voted for Sarah. Well, it's kind of. I'll go back to your point there, Matthew, about um, Sarah mentioning she didn't trust Alex. I guess I wonder if that ties into. I remember the episode before with the Viola vote. Alex was throwing Sarah and Rihanna under the bus left, right, and center with with uh, the Titans. True. There might have been something there because he was, yeah, he was kind of hell bent on saving. He's going in self-preservation mode, I guess. So that might have been something to, to do with it. But I remember there was a very awkward moment where I think Sarah came up to the, the OG Titans trying to find out what the plan was. And, and it, was, it was a very kind of awkward, silent moment where they, they all kind of looked at each other. I didn't really know what on earth, what name to say. I was like, oh, I've been there. I've been there. It's, it's just, you kind of have to go, Ugh. I don't know. <laughs> Oh gosh. It, it was so funny because that moment exactly it reminded me of like a school play where people yeah. are told to just like stand on stage. Um, and you could tell that they were all like facing the camera and then they tried to make it seem a little bit more casual than that. <laughs> or just the awkward, just like tilting of their bodies was very fun to watch. And yeah, Gabe, you you have it right. Re cooked it and accidentally voted out her ally Sarah. Accidentally? Yeah. I do think it was. I mean, we'll yeah. that's where it's I was giving I, Tyson. It, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> wow. Good call, Tegwith. I think 
what really surprised me about this, and I also asked Sarah, I was like, did you go into tribal council, you and Ree, with a name? And it seemed like everything, and they, she did say like, yes, they, they, they sort of locked it in. But I don't know what was going on with Rihanna, where she said, I'm just going to go back to the Mark plan. That just seems easiest. I've seen a breakdown in communication there. I mean, there was three or four plans all in motion at the same time. It might. Yeah, I don't know what the angle was there. I'm it's so got to go back to something at Tribal Council because it yeah. was also at mm -hmm. Tribal Council where Eden, um, Eden, Kitty, and Caroline, they all were like, okay, don't do the vote split. Just vote Sarah. Um Right? Didn't they? Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's got to be. Sarah spoke. Yeah. So there's got to be something where somebody said something to kind of. I think. I honestly think it all changed at Tribal Council, and I and I and I have no proof, but I just I really feel like there was, and I don't remember it like a hundred percent, but I think it was maybe when Sarah spoke because I think they also panned over to Re, and she was like, "Ooh, like there was like a face she made," and I went, "Why is she making that face? What's going on here?" Um, because there was definitely something that, you know, I feel like, you know, in, in, in modern us survivor, we don't see a lot of things change at tribal council, but I feel like this season we've seen kind of some people maybe rethink some things. I don't think we've seen a change of a vote except for maybe this one, but I think that, you know, people have been a little bit more open with what they're saying at tribal council than I think we've seen in other seasons, like I'm thinking about Ferris in that uh, episode, in the episode where, um, uh, what's her name went home. I can't think of who it was. Uh, when, hold on. When PETA went home, mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking like those episodes where they're just kind of saying things where it's almost like, are you, do you want people to know your plan? They're just really, they're putting it all out, all out there. And I love it. It's like great television, but it's scary. It's scary to watch. I know it's unrelated, but Kirby had that moment in the Garrick Tribal Council where um, Ferris was talking about uh, someone, they were talking about being paranoid and Kirby was like, you should be paranoid. You should be paranoid, <laughs> Ferris. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, okay. I mean, that was, I think pretty, I think that was like the right thing to do with that one just because if there was an idol, it may have gotten Ferris to play the idol on himself in that moment instead of Garrick. So I get it. But sticking to the um, this tribal council with Sarah, I like I got I, I felt some empathy here where like, yes, Rihanna and Sarah, things got lost there. But Sarah, I think like Sarah um, also said that she was very genuine. And I feel like the way that we would deal with conflict where someone's talking behind your back or someone's spreading lies about you in the, in real life doesn't always translate to the game when you have to vote someone out because I feel like in the game you're supposed to use the information of hey someone's saying this about you and sort of figure out what to what what action to take from that but I think when she confronted Kitty about the plans each time that it was happening and then voiced how nervous she was at tribal council it sort of painted this target on her that was like all right. It seems like between Rihanna and Sarah, she would be the one to waver the most. So I think, I think, you know, it was smart of Eden to sort of be like, we can't do the split. Like yep. something's going on. I think he acknowledged that like, if Mark is going to flip now is the time because Sarah is giving out the red flags. And then we saw Sarah lose trust in Rihanna, which proved to be correct because Rihanna voted the way she did. It was 
like this is where I wish we had another 30 minutes of the episode. Yeah. No, what I wish was they didn't take 30 minutes to individually go up and unwrap buffs for the merge. Uh -huh. Like that's where we need those 30 minutes, not Good 30 point. minutes like of, of people just going, I wonder what it's going to be. Ooh. <laughs> that's where we can get those 30 minutes. Oh, Brian Survivor, hire me. I'm just kidding. I, I will say, as someone who takes notes during the episode, I actually really did appreciate it. But I get your point. For an average viewer, I totally get it. It was a pacing issue. Absolutely. Doug, I'm so curious to know, what was your favorite moment from this week? Oh, there was some great moments. Um, yeah, I... I think one of my, the thing that'll stick with me was the, the, the next tribal council with Garrick. And I think the, oh. what you said, there was a, there was the, the fine line between naivety, naivety and paranoia, I think was the quote from Kirby and walking that fine line. And it's just the, the way Kirby kind of operates in a tribal council arena is really entertaining. I, I really, really enjoy it. Um, and I think that that whole that whole tribal council was was really well done, and um, a lot of a lot of moving parts there that that made it a, a great end to week three of Australian Survivor. I would agree with that. It was an awesome ending to the week. Tech with, yeah. how about you? Oof. Okay, so I can't remember the quote exactly, but it was Ray it was in this last episode. It was Raymond and Kelly were sitting there and they were talking about it. And Raymond says something like they think that we're not that smart. And Kelly goes, Yeah, I'm not smart. And I thought <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, I want that to be a sound that I can make it on TikTok. I love it yes. so much. It was so funny. And I just like she's so she's so witty. Like Kelly is so funny. She's so witty. Like she came, she went came with that so fast. So that's one. But then the other one is I did love at the also, I guess I really liked this most recent episode. Um, at the end of the challenge, um, it was uh Charles was holding, I loved, I was like rooting for Charles when he was holding up that thing. But then also, I don't know if you saw when the Titans lost. Jaden was just like doing like <laughs> with it at the end. Like he was like, I, it, holding it. I don't care. Curl, curl, curl. And he was just laughing. Like, he's like really wonderful laugh that he has. And I loved, I loved that moment. It was so funny. He is yeah, so nice. funny and so endearing with, especially the, the, the challenge when he and Viola realized that they could swing the basket with the coconuts and he started just like humming along. I loved it so much. I think my favorite moment or something that stands out to me. Oh, sorry. Tech with, I saw you had another. All point. I was going to say was if you don't follow Jaden on Instagram, you should, he's very funny on Instagram too. That was it. Oh, yeah. Good call yes. out. Um, and before we forget, Doug, where can people find you? Oh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, Doug Swinbanks. Excellent. Uh, and LinkedIn, of course. LinkedIn. Everyone <laughs> go follow Doug on LinkedIn right now. I've never heard any Survivor Castaway say, and I'm also on LinkedIn, so thank you, uh, Doug. Yeah, <laughs> it's an icon for that. I'll connect with you on LinkedIn. Um, well, I'm going the, to. I'm going to connect after oh, this. Totally. Um, I also love the Kelly moment where she got back. It was before the tribe swap. She got back to Rebels Beach and they were questioning her about why she sat out of the immunity challenge. And she says, well, I thought, you know, my strategy was why bother uh, sabotaging them when I can orchestrate a big blindside against a big player. I orchestrated the move against Nathan. I loved it so much. So it was so funny, and I I think I think she's doing it on purpose. 
you know, I I think Kelly's in such a good position at the moment. You know, I think she's she's um, nobody's going to look to target her. Um, now, now I guess we're we're approaching merge. We're not far away from it. I guess maybe three or four votes. No. I don't know why you'd, you'd you'd want to get rid of Kelly at this moment in time. I think she's she's going to sail through the next few rounds um, pretty easy. But uh, she's done really well. And uh, if this is all part of a master plan to to play this character, then you know kudos to her. My perfect ending of the season is that Kelly makes it to final travel council and she sits there and, and completely changes her demeanor and is like, actually that's nothing like me at all. I was playing yeah. the character this entire time. I played you, I played you, I played you. You're all idiots. And Take that with. would be like, just, and I would be like, here's the, here's the money. Take what, take the money. Here you go. That's for you. That's, that's the perfect ending I, of the season. I swear in our season, um, a lady called Lani got to the final and that is what I was hoping from Lani to sit there and tell me that at the jury I would be like come on this is reveal your master plan this is yours for the taking um yeah kind of yeah a lot of similarities there yeah yeah I can see that I think that that is a great tip for anyone who's going to go on Survivor. Doug, let me ask you this. If Leilani had made it to the, well, she did make it to the very end, but if she made up a story that was believable enough about her master plan, even if it wasn't fully true, would you still have given her your vote? Honestly, Matthew, um, possibly. You know, it it wasn't out with the realms of possibility. Um, There were... I think she could have said a few things that would have warranted my vote for sure. Um, yeah, I'll leave, I'll, leave, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. I, I love know, someone uh, who yeah, goes yeah. to the final tribal council as a jury member who is open to hearing oh, yeah. Absolutely. the arguments. Yeah. And you know what, Ted, with to your point, like it reminds me of Chrissy from 2016, Christy, with um, when someone got up there and was like, well, it's nice to finally meet you. Like, <laughs> I love it. So I could see that happening with Kelly. Last thing I want to end with, Doug, since we have you, since you played the UK version of Survivor, I'm curious to know who from this cast would you play with in an international season? Ooh. Great question. Great question. I... I'm I'm kind of I'm drawn to Kirby and I'm drawn to Eileen. Great. I, I don't know why. I I just I'm very drawn to those those players. I think they're just really fascinating to watch, and um, they're they're just two or three steps ahead of the the pack. I think. I I love that answer. And who would you bring from your season? Oh oh gosh, um, I I'd bring my buddy to along. I think uh, we have some unfinished business uh, to take care of on a future season for sure. I'm so happy you said that. I would love to see that. I want to thank you so much for being here to talk through episodes seven through nine with Tegwith and I. We're both going to add you on LinkedIn after this, so get ready. (laughs) And thank you all so much for joining. Those of you in the chat, we really appreciate your support on the channel, and we love getting to talk Australian Survivor and any Survivor with all of you. So make sure you click that subscribe button. Leave us a comment down below, whether you agree with us, whether you do not agree with us. Let us know why. Let us know why. We'd love to have the conversation with you. And we hope to see you all back here next week when we talk about episodes 10 through 12. See you later.